Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. The 74th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards are upon us. They'll be taking place on Monday, September 12th at 8 p.m. on NBC. Jack Mahanes is back to join me in discussing our current predictions for the winners in the drama, comedy, and limited series categories. At the time of this recording, the Creative Arts Awards haven't taken place yet, so whatever we talk about on this podcast may already be dated by the time you're listening. Are you ready to begin, Jack? Let's do this. Thank you so much for having me back on the podcast. It's um, it's always fun to do uh, this final prediction segment. As of this recording, the predictive frontrunner for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a comedy series is Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. She's currently predicted to repeat. Now, since the change of voting system a few years ago, where it used to have been, you know, a rank system where we see no general consensus winning out. But a few years ago, it was changed where now it's a plurality vote, wherever receives the most votes wins. And we haven't gotten as many repeats as we did in the past. I mean, we still get some, but not as often. So do you think Hannah Waddingham is repeating this year as of this recording? So last year, I said that Hannah Waddingham was one of the few locks of the night. I was confident about like six or seven categories being a done deal, and she was one of them. I really didn't get last year the Hannah Einbinder argument, because the thing with the, you know Hannah Waddingham is that she was so central to why Ted Lasso season one was so great because, and her character arc was one of the best parts of season one. And it's just a great performance all around. She's funny. She's dramatic. She really has everything. This year, can she win? Yes. However, I'm actually not predicting her to win. Yes. So, and here's why. Juno Temple had a better season compared to season one. And so I feel like she's going to get more votes than she did last year. That's going to take too many votes away from Hannah Waddingham to lose. My prediction, because buzz for her has been rising ever since the Emmy nominations came out, I think the winner is going to be Janelle James for Mm -hmm. Abbott Elementary. And I have not watched Abbott Elementary yet, but from everything I've heard, she is the MVP performance of that show. And that show has been rising with awards buzz. Like people are watching it. People are getting re- are really enthusiastic about it. And it does seem like in a scenario where there could be a vote split because there's also, there's not just Hannah Waddingham and Juno Temple. I don't think she's going to get that many votes, but Sarah Niles being in the race, it is interesting that you have three Ted Lasso actresses in this category. But I think that Juno Temple is going to get more votes compared to last year and Waddingham will lose because of it. But mm-hmm. Can, can Hannah Waddingham win? She absolutely can because they love repeats in this category and she is so many people's favorite performance on that show. You know, for me, it's a tie between her and Jason Sudeikis for my favorite performances on Ted Lasso. And I'd love to see Hannah Waddingham win a second Emmy, but I'm saying that having not seen Abbott Elementary. Hannah Einbinder, she's the only other person in this race with a shot of winning. People love season two of Hacks. I think people have liked the season better than season one. And so I feel like given that Hannah Einbinder didn't win last year, it could be an IOU. It's unlikely, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I really think it's down to those three, but I'm predicting Janelle James to pull this one off. Okay, and I should admit, before getting on here, I was actually listening from beginning to Next Best Pictures' final Emmy predictions, at least as of their recording. And yeah, at least two of the people on the podcast said they were predicting Janelle James. I listened to that podcast too. I think they all were going with her. But I think part of it was logic. Part of it was, oh, we really want her to win. And one thing I got, got to point out about them is that they compared Janelle James to 
Jane Lynch winning for the very first season of Glee yes. and compared her character to Sue Sylvester from Glee. And so, yeah, it could be the same situation all over again. And even though, well, Janelle James also has a co-starring contention here, Shirley Lee Ralph, well, James has clearly gotten, well, the more exposure, I guess, of the two. It's just like last year with Hannah Waddingham compared to Juno Temple. But that was yeah. for season one of Ted Lasso. Okay, if you look at what I'm currently predicting on Gold Derby right now, well, it's far from finalized. But yeah, I've recently risen Janelle James up and I'm becoming tempted to put her in the first place as a result. I mean, I really don't think you could go wrong with predicting her or Hannah Waddingham. And even if you wanted to predict Hannah Einbinder, as I said, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I just, you know, it really does feel like those three are the only ones with a realistic chance of winning. It really doesn't seem like any of the others, you know, stand a fine chance. Even previous winners in this category, like Alex Borstein or Kate McKinnon, I really don't think they stand a chance this year. And and I think the one thing that Hannah uh, Waddingham does have in her favor, even though episodes don't matter, she submitted the episode that's up for writing and directing. Mm-hmm. And it was a very smart choice for both her and Jason Sudeikis. So the TV Academy is going to watch that episode of Ted Lasso. And if they see it, you know, I can see so many people wanting to vote for her again to win. So she can win. But as I said, I think because of the fact that Juno Temple, her material really improved. Not that she wasn't good in season one. She was very good. But she had even better material in season two. I think even some of Hannah Waddingham's voters from last year might go to Juno Temple this year to sort of give her her turn. On to outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. Brett Goldstein is currently expected to repeat. Okay, and I mentioned this on last year's Predictions podcast, how, you know, season two was airing during final voting. You know, he had much buzzed about material on that season, which might have helped him win for the first season. So do you think he's going to repeat? This is, I think, the category where Ted Lasso is the strongest to repeat from last year. Because last year... I think some of us were skeptical about predicting Brett Goldstein. Now, I did predict he would win last year. Um, so did I, had, I. I had um, some people talk me into it, and they told me why he was going to win. But even I was in the beginning, I think like most of us were skeptical, like, can he overcome a vote split with three co-stars in his category? I mean, we've seen some people um, recently overcome a vote split with two co-stars, but can someone do it with three? And he did it. And he had a much better season this year compared to season one. As you mentioned, you know, I think the fact that He had those really two killer episodes that were airing during final voting. That's why he won last year. And I think that this year, I think he's going to win again because it really doesn't feel like there's a strong alternative in this category. Now, I mean, the one, one person who I could see winning is Henry Winkler. He did win for the first season of Barry. He did win for the second season. He had two co-stars in his category, but I feel like that was kind of an IOU to Tony Shalhoub. Mm-hmm. He's also nominated this year. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of very unlikely for someone to lose and then, you know, come back and win again that late in the game. So Henry Winkler is like the one person who I could see potentially winning, but I don't think it's likely. I really feel like if Ted Lasso loses everything else on Emmy night on the main telecast, I think this is the one thing that it will win. Yeah. yeah. In fact, hearing that made me feel more comfortable in sticking with Brett Goldstein. Now on to outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. Gold Derby's current combined odds are expecting Gene Smart to repeat 
this year for Hex, winning for the second year in a row. And I am currently predicting that. How about you? I am too. I don't think it's as much of a lock compared to last year, but I'm like 90% confident that Jean Sparks going to win again. You saw that reaction that she got when she won last year. She got that massive standing ovation. And I feel like that this is definitely a character that is not like, we're going to give you one Emmy, then not vote for you ever again. It really does feel like there are a lot of people who are going to stay in love with Deborah Vance and vote for her again to win. The reason why I don't say she's a lock is one of the things I mentioned earlier is that Abbott Elementary enthusiasm for that show in general has been growing. And so imagine if that's the new Fleabag. What if Quinta Brunson pulls off not just comedy writing? What if she pulls off this category as well? like the way Phoebe Waller-Bridge did. Well, I think it's definitely possible. And I'll say right away, I do have her winning comedy writing for the pilot episode of Abbott Elementary. So I can definitely see it happening. Or same with uh, Dan Levy for Shits Creek two years ago. Yes, but I think those are the only two with a chance of winning. I kind of feel like Rachel Brosnan has won this category before and she did deliver great work in season four. But it does feel like the Academy's kind of done with giving Maisel major wins. And then um, the others, you know, Kaylee Cuoco, Elle Fanning, and Issa Rae, the nomination is their prize. Well, yeah, they all basically have no shots. Not at all. So I'm like 90% confident in Gene Smart, but I don't rule out Quinta Brunson as a possible surprise. Great. It could be that Quinta Brunson runs a similar trajectory to Michaela Cole last year, where she doesn't win lead actress, but she does win writing as a consolation prize. Yes. And that's what I'm thinking is the likelier scenario. I think she's more Michaela Cole than Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, well, we shall see. Although, I mean, if it was the entire television academy voting in all categories, I doubt they would have given her everything. But since this is separate branches, like only actors vote in acting categories, only writers vote in writing categories. So writers branch probably isn't aware of how strong of a shot she has in acting. So writing is their only chance to vote for her. Same goes for the acting. Definitely. I, I agree with that. Now on to Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. It's looking like a race between two recent previous winners, Bill Hader and Jason Sudeikis. Gold Derby currently has Bill Hader as the presumed frontrunner. What do you think? This is a category I'm going back and forth with. Like, I'm having a really difficult time choosing between the two that you're alluding to, Bill Hader and Jason Sudeikis. Let me just quickly say what both of them have in their favor. Bill Hader has won this category twice. He's also... The apple in a bag of oranges. The fact that Barry is a dark comedy and he's up against these these light comedic shows. However, Barry kind of underperformed with the acting nominations compared to season two. You know, Stephen Root didn't get in, but I think the real egregious snub here is Sarah Goldberg, which going, quickly going back to comedy supporting actress, she should have been nominated hands down. In a highly competitive field, Sarah Goldberg could have won. If she had gotten in, if you watch, especially the last two episodes of season three of Barry, she's phenomenal. She definitely should have at least been nominated. I think it was the worst of that day. So the fact that the actors were just not as enthusiastic with Barry as a whole does give me some pause because I don't agree with those people I know and people on podcasts who say Bill Hader's lock. Now, let me quickly say what Jason Sudeikis has in his favor. He just won last year. There are occasions, not a lot, but there are occasions, including Bill Hader, where some people win back-to-back. Jason Sudeikis swept the winter precursors. And if you really look at it, he hasn't lost anything yet, except for the TCA, and that's a combined gender category. He's won everything leading up to Emmy night for both season one and season two. And Ted Lasso did phenomenal with the actors branch. You know, all the, the winners from last year were nominated again. 
you know, Juno Temple got nominated again, Nick Muhammad did, but they also got in Sarah Niles and Tahid Jamo got in. If they checked off those two names, it shows that they're watching Ted Lasso and they're actually picking the standout performances because you saw Brendan Hunt and Jeremy Swift were dropped this year because their material just wasn't as great. Jason Sudeikis, even though episodes don't really matter, submitted the same episode as Hannah Waddingham, which is also the episode set for writing and directing. No Weddings and a Funeral was one of Jason Sudeikis' best performances on the show. Because Bill Hader is the apple in a bag of oranges, and often the, the performance that's very different from the others is what wins, for now I'm going to go with Bill Hader. But I do think that Jason Sudeikis absolutely can win. Don't see it happening for any of the other guys. I'm going to narrowly go with Bill Hader for now, but I, this is one I'm going to be going back and forth between now and Emmy night. Okay, as of now, I'll say this is the first category where you and I do not have the exact same predictions as I had Jason Sudeikis since nominations were announced. We'll see if that is still the case by the time Emmy night rolls around, but that's where I am at right now. And, and as I said, I think it's either one, you can make a, a logical case for that prediction. This is one where I'm going to be like sitting there like, oh my God, what's about to happen? Now, as for Outstanding Comedy Series, Ted Lasso is currently predicted by a majority of people to win for the second year in a row. Do you think that will be the case? This is one of the toughest to predict of the night because I feel like five shows, you can make a realistic case for them to win. I feel like the ones that are out are Curb Your Enthusiasm, What We Do in the Shadows, and The Marvels of Smaisel, just based on the way they performed as a whole. Now, we have to really start looking at, like, Okay, you know, what categories did they get? What categories did they miss? Because this category, it's the whole Academy voting. Now we have to look at the whole picture. And so only Murders in the Building is a possibility. It got every nomination that it could get minus Selena Gomez. And I th- and one of the things that does have in his favor is that season two was premiering as final voting was happening, which is mm-hmm. one of the things that kept Ted Lasso as the front runner last year for season one. Abbott Elementary, it missed that directing nomination, but as I mentioned, enthusiasm for that show just continues to grow. I kind of like how we saw enthusiasm for Koto grow throughout final Oscar voting, despite not having a directing nor editing nominations. Exactly. And so that's why I'm saying do not rule out Abbott Elementary as a possible winner in this category. Barry is a show with, you know, hardcore backers. I mean, if you like Barry, you pretty much love Barry. And I I say that from pretty much everyone I know, even people I know who are in the industry. Like, if you like Barry, you are like a hardcore fan of that show. And it's a great show, and I love myself. But as I said, you know, some of the best parts of that show did not get in. So that's why I'm going to predict it will fall short to win this category, even though I think it has a real great chance in other categories. I can see Hacks being that show that, like, it doesn't win last year. But, you know, if people get tired of, feel like they've awarded Ted Lasso, we've taken care of you. Now we're going to award the show that was our second favorite last year. I remember Tom O'Brien said on Facebook, he said, like, I voted for Ted Lasso for series last year, but I'm voting for Hacks this year. I'm going to predict a Ted Lasso repeat, but I think really any of those five I just mentioned, I would not be shocked if they won. After all, you know, Hacks surprisingly overperformed on the main telecast last year by winning writing but especially directing which was surprising so I think it's safe to assume it was second to Ted Lasso so yeah I could see a world where Hacks you know probably Goodwill from last year carries over to this year although yeah I can still see Abbott Elementary defying all odds and win especially if Abbott Elementary overperforms on the main telecast by winning writing supporting actress lead actress that could be telling it could be very telling 
And so I can definitely see a world where that happens, where it wins all four of those on the main telecast. But I'm going to go with Ted Lasso, just to be safe. It does feel like the fact that it got 20 nominations, the, the exact same it got last year. I do feel like it might pull it out again. Yeah, I am currently predicting Ted Lasso to repeat. Of course, again, it could change. For Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series, okay, this is an interesting category. This is filled with ladies from both The White Lotus and Dopesick. According to Gold Derby's current combined odds, Jennifer Coolidge is out front for The White Lotus. I do currently have her winning. Where do you stand on this race right now? I think she's winning. Ever since that show was premiering last year, I think people have just kept her at the front runner ever since then. Even though she didn't win SAG, I do have Jennifer Coolidge winning. It just really feels like everyone's been picking her to win this ever since The White Lotus premiered last year. At the Emmys, she was almost everyone's favorite presenter that night. The room was just like so on her side. And this is just actress voting, and, and she's very, very well respected by her peers. She didn't win the Globe and SAG, but she did win the Critics' Choice. However, what I don't agree with is I think so many p- pundits are saying this is 100% a done deal. There is one person in this category who I am keeping an eye out for, and that's Caitlin Deaver. And here's why. So we saw last year that Brett Goldstein was able to win with three co-stars in his category. Jennifer Coolidge has four co-stars that she is up against. And you'll find many people who will say, at the very least, that Alexandria Daddario and Connie Britton, you'll find some people that will say that they were their favorite of the supporting women of the show. Even though most will say uh, Jennifer Coolidge, and that's why at the very least Jennifer Coolidge will be in the top two, I do wonder could they take away enough votes for jennifer coolidge to lose and here's the other thing with caitlin deaver aside from the fact that caitlin deaver delivers a heartbreaking performance in dope sick she has one co-star in that category mare winningham and mare winningham is a great actress i mean i loved her oscar nominated performance in georgia but here mare winningham doesn't really get like you know standout material until the very very end it's not like julianne nicholson in mare beastown it's not to the point where she would really take away that many votes from Caitlin Deaver. It really kind of feels like if you wanted to vote for someone from Dope Sick, I really can't picture too many people voting for Mayor Winningham over Caitlin Deaver. So that's why I think Caitlin Deaver's in this race more than people are giving her credit for. But I do think Jennifer Coolidge will win, and it will be a great night in general for the White Lotus. Oh, yeah, I agree. I do have Keelan Deaver in second place. Definitely don't think it's impossible she could pull ahead. Plus, you know, there could be enough goodwill from her performance from Unbelievable a couple years ago, which she did not get nominated for, but she got nominated this time. And she's a young rising star, which they really love to give these awards to young rising women stars. Like think about Zendaya a couple years ago. It could be the same thing for Caitlin Deaver, but it just feels like there's just so much goodwill And just, I think a lot of people are really rooting for Jennifer Coolidge to win. I personally would give it to Caitlin Deaver, but if Jennifer Coolidge wins, I would not be upset. Well, yeah, both would be deserving their own right. Absolutely. For Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or Movie, it's almost the same as we have multiple men from both Dopesick and The White Lotus, plus Seth Rogen for Pam and Tommy. Combined odds on Gold Derby do have Murray Bartlett out front for The White Lotus. I currently have him predicted to win. How about you? I think this is Murray Bartlett's in a cakewalk, and I think we should maybe just leave it at that. I don't really see who else would win. I mean, what if like they all split and Seth Rogen wins? I I think that's very unlikely. Murray Bartlett is almost like the lead of the show. Just like with Jennifer Coolidge, 
he's been the front runner ever since that show premiered last year. And it just doesn't seem like there's any sign of that slowing down. And with the dope sick men, I, I just, I don't really think that any of them are strong enough to overcome this strong of a field. I mean, in my opinion, I think Will Poulter was the best of the three. I don't think, you know, Peter Sarsgaard and Michael Stuhlbarg's roles stand out that much for them to be viable contenders. You know, Jack Lacey, he might get some support, but I just can't see him taking away that many votes from Murray Bartlett. And Steve Zahn was just kind of a coattail, in my opinion. Plus, I literally never even heard of Murray Bartlett before until The White Lotus came on. And as I was watching, I was like, wow, this guy's great. I mean, and you know, if he wins, that'd be really, a nice achievement for him, you know, at this stage in his career that I know he's getting recognized more often. Definitely. And if he wins, he would be absolutely deserving of this. Yes, I agree. Now onto a bit of a tougher category, which is Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. Okay, so when Made premiered on Netflix back in the fall, Margaret Qualley was seen as an early frontrunner in this category, but then her show underperformed in Emmy nominations. When The Dropout premiered in the spring, you no, know, people were thinking Amanda Seyfried, and she still is currently the frontrunner, according to odds on Gold Derby. I do have her winning, although there's one to watch out for, which is her former on-screen mother, Lily James, and Pam and Tommy. Yes, and I agree with that. I think this is a two-horse race. They both have things in their favor, and they both have a lot of buzz at the moment. But I feel like with Amanda Seyfried, I feel like when the dropout premiered, I think everyone was just like, put her name on that Emmy right away. And even when the dropout didn't get any other acting nominations aside from her, it really kind of has felt like that buzz has not died off. Everywhere I listen, it's just they're like, Amanda Seyfried, Amanda Seyfried, just put her name on the Emmy right away. She's a slam dunk. I don't think she's a slam dunk, but I think she's a very strong front runner at the moment. But Lily James is the only strong alternative. And the thing that Lily James has in her favor, other than she physically transforms herself to play a real life person, I mean, Amanda Seifert's playing a real life person as well, but, you know, Lily James actually went through like a, like a real physical transformation, is that Pam and Tommy got all three main players in. The dropout only got Amanda Seyfried. And that can mean one of two things. It could mean they singled her out and they think that she is the show and that maybe they just didn't care too much for the people around her or they were not as enthusiastic about the show. And I I feel like Naveen Andrews should have gotten it. He was better than a lot of the nominees in the limited series supporting actor category. Both have, you know, things working for them and things working against them. But I feel like Amanda Seyfried's going to still pull it off the end. It just really kind of feels like her strong frontrunner status hasn't faded, even though that show did not get any other acting nominations. Well, yeah, I agree with what we just said, especially how Naveen Andrews definitely deserved a nomination. I mean, I think he was outstanding in the dropouts. Though with Seyfried, you know, between this and her Oscar nominated turn in Mank, I've been impressed with how much she's reinvented herself within these past couple of years, going from, you know, the go-to girl for these middle lowbrow comedies and suspense stories to really being taken seriously as an actress. So, and she's absolutely terrific in it. Yeah, I'm sticking with her. And I don't feel like, you know, any of the others have a chance of winning. I think with Sarah Paulson, she's an Emmy favorite. She almost always gets nominated whenever she's on the ballot. And she was, in my opinion, the best performance in impeachment. But I feel like they're not going to give her her second Emmy for this. Tony Collette, the staircase just really underperformed in general. She's won Emmy before. And so I feel like, you know, her peers respect her enough to check her name off, but I don't think she has a chance here. Margaret Qualley, man, I remember when people were touting her as possibility to win. It's amazing to me how it, the conversation has gone from she could really win this to 
oh, she's this the nomination is her prize, given that, you know, made really underperformed with the actors. There were so many people that were widely expected to get in. And in terms of the acting nominations, it was just her. And then Julia Garner, I feel like her getting this nomination and inventing Anna Gang, the limited series is going to show her strength in another category that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I guess now onto an easier category. Now, Michael Keaton did very well at the Winter Awards this past season for Dope Sick, and you know, people were already eyeing him as an early frontrunner to win the Emmy, even though, you well, know, I guess some people, like myself, were probably thinking, well, let's see if he holds on to that, because you know, who knows, like maybe Andrew Garfield or Colin Firth could sneak in, you know, like how Kate Winslet did last year as the spring show freshened people's minds, then steal the thunder. Under, but no, their show's underperformed. And I guess similar to how Josh Prom kept saying all of last Oscar season, how he never saw any evidence that suggested Will Smith wasn't winning Best Actor. I have not seen any evidence that suggests Keaton isn't winning this. This is, in my opinion, the biggest lock of the night. Michael Keaton has won everything up to this point. Now, I mean, keep in mind, Anya Taylor-Joy won everything in, uh, in limited series actress leading up to this point. But as you said, when Mare of Town dropped last year, the conversation and the enthusiasm completely shifted. Here's the best thing for Michael Keaton. Well, one, it's a really heartbreaking performance and he's phenomenal. And he's a respected veteran who's beloved by his fellow actors. And, you know, and he hasn't won like a really major industry award. And I think, you know, it's kind of his time to win something, given that he didn't win the Oscar for Birdman. Right. And, and also the thing with Michael Keaton is, like you said, the people who we thought were going to be his main rivals, their shows bombed. Colin Firth, when you watch The Staircase, like he gets really like, you know, that actorly material towards the very beginning of the show. But then again, like The Staircase, it only got in for him and Tony Collette. It just really showed that as a whole, they weren't enthusiastic about the show. Andrew Garfield, that was the show's only nomination. Oscar Isaac, that was his show's only nomination. Hamish Patel, the nomination is his prize. You know, Sebastian Sand is the one who I think is going to be a distant second place, given how well Pam and Tommy did. But here's, I think, the thing that everyone has to look at. Dopesick massively overperformed with the actors branch. I mean, Michael Keaton, Caitlin Deaver, Peter Sarsgaard, and Michael Stuhlbarg, they were, they were predicted to get in. But the fact that Will Poulter and also Mayor Whittingham got in, that shows the actors really love this show. Even if Dope Sick doesn't win anything else, this is the one category where it's guaranteed to win. I agree. And, and plus, who could forget that you know, memorable speech Keaton gave when he won the SAG Award this past year? Well, first, how late he was because he was just coming out of the bathroom. Then when he got out on stage and he ended the speech, they came the award to his, at the time, recently deceased niece or nephew. Or... Nephew. Yeah. yeah. And, and his nephew's name was Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, Keaton, it just, it was very much like his speech when he won the comedy or musical Golden Globe for Birdman. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good at giving like these big meaningful speeches. I have no doubt that when, I'm not even going to say if, I'm going to say for this one, when he gets up on that stage, I think he's going to deliver. I think he's going to give one of the best, if not the best speech of the night. Now on to Outstanding Limited Series. It appears to be tight between Dope Sick and The White Lotus. Currently, the Gold Derby odds favor The White Lotus, which I actually am predicting. Where do you stand on the race right now? I think The White Lotus is going to win this category because I don't think the creative arts should sway predictions for acting, but it definitely should you know, signal like what's going to win series, given that the whole Academy is voting for the series winner. And I think that with 
a couple acting wins and maybe writing, directing, or both. Well, I think it's absolutely winning writing. Uh, directing, I could see going to Dope Sick, but I just think that The White Lotus is going to go into Emmy night having won so much over the weekend and it's going to pick up a couple more big wins. And I think that all that is going to result in The White Lotus winning the big prize tonight. Dope Sick's not impossible. I mean, mm-hmm. Dope Sick, you know, did very, very well with the actors. It could win directing, but it just really kind of feels like The White Lotus has the perfect storm. And then the other three have zero chance. Yes, I agree. Although I will may I not only agree that I do think White Lotus will win writing, but I actually do have it winning directing. Oh yeah, no, I have it winning directing too. I was just saying I think Dope Sick could win directing. Now on to the drama categories. It's for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. As you alluded to earlier, Julia Garner, the fact she showed up for Inventing an Unlimited Series Lead Actress, I think will help her win a third Emmy here for the final season of Ozark. Yes, I agree too. So Julia Garner, she won the Emmy for season two and season three of Ozark. And season three, that was a way more competitive race than season two. I feel like season two, she was just kind of the runaway favorite category. Season four, her material, wow. That, that's really all I can say about it is wow. I mean, if, if, they, if they gave her the Emmy for season two and three and she was very deserving for both, I have a really difficult time imagining the actors of the TV Academy watching that final season and saying like, now nah, we're going to go someone else this time. It's not impossible, but that's why I'm fairly confident in Julia Garner winning because her material was above and beyond in season four. And it's the, the big showy role that actors love. She does the Southern accent. She gets the big colorful lines. She's like the fan favorite character on Ozark. And yeah, she's my prediction. Now there are some others that can win. So I'm like, I'm not saying like this is a done deal the way like Michael Keaton's a done deal for limited series actor. Some of the, um, you know, viable alternatives. Joe Hon Young, she won SAG earlier this year and, you know, Squid Game did great with the actors. And so if actors love her performance that much that she won SAG, it's not impossible for her to win this. Sarah Snook, Succession is just kind of, you know, a juggernaut in general. It's a show that everyone loves, especially actors. I think, unfortunately, the Academy doesn't like those types of women characters, unfortunately, which is a shame because Sarah Snook gives a phenomenal performance on that show. But they hate those kind of, you know, chilly, you know, kind of type characters. That's why I don't think that even if Succession has a great night, I don't think she's going to be one of the wins. Rhea Seahorn finally got in for Better Call Saul. And there are some people who are thinking if she finally got in, maybe she can win. That's possible. Patricia Arquette, and mm-hmm. who's an Emmy favorite. And, you know, if Severance has a big night, I don't think it's, like, impossible that Patricia Arquette could be along for the ride. But the fact that I keep mentioning, like, so many alternatives, I think all of that helps Julia Garner in the end. The fact that there's not, like, one strong alternative. And she came back. So given that Julia Garner wasn't eligible last year to go three for three because Ozark season four hadn't released yet. And so Gillian Anderson won that category by a landslide. Now that Gillian Anderson's time on the crown's over and she's not back but defending her win, now Julia Garner's back and defending her last two wins. And if the show's is ending, I can see them wanting to give her a farewell Emmy the same way they did for Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones. Yeah, plus, let's face it, it was looking like she fits the mold of one of those actors who the Emmys just really, really love. Yes. And I think if Ozark wins nothing else, 
I think that this is the category where it has the greatest chance of winning something. Even though some fans were divided on how it ended without giving anything away, I sort of saw it as a bittersweet ending, but I thought, like, did it end well in terms of, you know, a really well-written script? Yes. I think it, it did end very well on a technical standpoint. Now, on to Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. Currently, the odds favor Kieran Culkin out of multiple men from Succession, and I do have him winning. How about you? I have him winning, but this is a really, really tough category to predict. This is, you know, I think one of those categories where, just like with Supporting Actress, I think six of these nominees can win. I rule out Nicholas Braun, Christopher Walken, and even though he won a couple years ago, I don't really feel like Billy Crudup is someone who like they want to give it to again for this show. Kieran Culkin, we saw that Succession got 14 acting nominations, which that's insane. They must really, really love Succession if they're nominating that many people. I feel like with Kieran Culkin, because I feel like in the end, it could just come down to him and his co-star, Matthew McFadden. But the thing is, is that Kieran Culkin had the flashier performance in season three. And the actors usually gravitate towards the more flashier roles. Matthew McFadden did win the BAFTA, but, you know, the BAFTA is not really the best indicator on the TV side when it comes to the Emmys. But Kieran Culkin, um, he won the Critics' Choice. He was nominated at SAG in a category where they combine lead and supporting nominees. And so it just kind of feels like in general, there's been more, you know, enthusiasm and love for his performance this year compared to Matthew. Matthew can win. And, you know, he's someone who I think can definitely win. I think one of the two Squid Game guys could win. I think both of them have a legitimate chance. Maybe John Turturro. Maybe. I I have him a little bit lower on the list, but I don't think it's an impossibility for him to win. Uh, But in the end, I am predicting that Kieran Culkin will pull it off. Because I feel like, you know, Succession is a show that's really popular with the actors. They gave it to Jeremy Strong a couple years ago. And I have a feeling that Jeremy Strong's not going to be the only main cast member to win an Emmy for the show by the time that the show has ended. So I feel like Kieran Culkin is the next person in line to win an Emmy for Succession. Sounds good. Now, moving on to a bit of a tougher category, which is Outstanding Lead Actress in the Drama Series. Okay, I think it's safe to assume that Reese Witherspoon, Sandra Oh, and Jodie Comer all have no chance of winning. (laughs) The other three, well, there's a case to be made for all of them. According to our odds on Gold Derby, they currently list Zendaya as the frontrunner for Euphoria. She surprisingly won this award two years ago. Could she repeat? I mean, I currently do not have her winning. Where do you stand? I'm going to agree with you where I think she has a really good chance of winning, but I'm actually predicting a surprise. And it's not, you know, a surprise that I'm only predicting. A lot of people have been talking to me about this, and I've been listening to a lot of pundits say this. I think one of the surprises of the night is Melanie Linsky will win this category for Yellow Jackets. Uh, I'm predicting that too. Awesome. I have not watched Yellow Jackets yet, but... Everyone has been saying how phenomenal she is on the show. And a lot of people have been pointing out to me how much her fellow actors have been like openly praising how amazing she is on the show. The thing in Zendaya's favor, however, is Euphoria did even better with nominations this year than when she won a couple of years ago. It got that drama series nomination this time. Sydney Sweeney got in. But repeats on the drama side are very, very rare. Mm-hmm. And ever since we've had the popular voting system... It has not happened in lead. So that's why I'm very, very skeptical about predicting her again, but it's not an impossibility. I just got to say this, Laura Linney should be winning this in a cakewalk. 
She's always been amazing on the show. But ever since season two, she's just been such a dominant force on that show. But just like I said with Sarah Snook, Wendy Bird is a pretty chilly character. Even though she's not that winking devil, you know, that sort of evil character that you're secretly rooting for, she's not that. She's very cold, very self-motivated. Does she get moments of sympathy and empathy? Absolutely. And that's what makes her a fascinating character. Just like with Yvonne Strahovski on The Handmaid's Tale, you know, Serena Joy. Like, it's not like, it's an overall very, very chilly, evil character, but there are some moments of empathy. But I feel like that works against Laura Linney, because who's the primary demographic in the Academy? Older white men. And they hate those types of characters. That's one of many reasons why Lena Haiti never won an Emmy for playing Cersei in Game of Thrones. Laura Linney, it's not impossible given that she's beloved by the TV Academy. I mean, remember, you know, she won four Emmys. Three out of four of them were upsets. And I agree with you. The others have no chance. Sandra O's oh just going to continue this losing streak. But who knows? Maybe she's the shocker of the night, but it's not happening. Yeah, and, and I actually have seen Yellow Jackets, and she does get some great material to work with. Yeah, and so this is a blind prediction. But, you know, the fact that repeats are very, very rare in this category, and with, you know, what I said about Laura Linney, I think Melanie Linsky will be the win for Yellow Jackets. I agree. Speaking of repeat winners in lead drama acting categories, I don't think it's happening for Jeremy Strong this year in lead actor in a drama series. When nominations were first announced, originally the odds were on Brian Cox, but now they're favoring Lee Jung-jae for Squid Game, which I don't know if it has something to do with our recent article I wrote for Gold Derby about, you know, the trend we've had with winners where most of them this past decade have been either for first-year show or a final-year show. Lee is in a first-year show. And he did very well at the Winter Awards, including winning the SAG over three men from Succession. Yes. And so this is a very, very difficult race to call because, you know, Succession is a machine. But we've been seeing both Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox lose to Lee Jung-jae at the SAG and Critics' Choice. And one of the reasons why I think this is because I think a lot of Jeremy Strong's voters are going to Brian Cox this time. Because... Brian Cox had, in my opinion, a better season than Jeremy Strong. You know, Jeremy Strong was very deserving of his Emmy for season two, but I think that Brian Cox, towards the end especially, really, with his performance, hit it home. Even though Logan is a sick, evil character, just in terms of acting, he's just really phenomenal. And so I think Brian Cox, there are going to be some people who went with Strong who will go to him this time. But because of that, I think that that helps Lee Jung Jae. But let's quickly talk about the other three, because there is a case to be made for all of them. Adam Scott, as you mentioned, you know, with the exception of Jeremy Strong in 2020, ever since 2011, someone's won this category for their first season or last season. And that is definitely something that could help Adam Scott, especially for a show people at the moment clearly love. They clearly love Severance. It's, you know, one of the most talked about shows of the year. Let's just say it gets on a sweep. And then one of the things we have to say is that you know, we are in the era where people, if they really love a show, they just check it off everywhere. And Adam Scott is someone, you know, he's a comedic actor going into drama, and they love that. So that's one thing that's could help Adam Scott. Here's the thing with Bob Odenkirk. I think people really want to see him win an Emmy for playing Saul Goodman. However, here's the, the thing that works against him. He got dropped for season four of Better Call Saul, but now he's back. But no one has won this category after being dropped for one season. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have people who win after not getting in for season one, but we don't have someone who like gets in, then they miss for one season and they get back in their category for the next season. That hasn't happened yet. 
Still, the fact that Better Call Saul, the final episodes were airing during final voting, that could really help him. Or and it could it, help him win next year, since that's when the final season will actually be in contention. That's my thinking. That is why I think he will fall short this time, but maybe he has a shot next year, depending on who he's up against. There's one person who I think we are grossly underestimating. I feel someone we might need to watch out for is Jason Bateman. And before your, your listeners call me crazy for saying that we should take him more seriously, here's what I have to say about him. It's not just because of the final season of Ozark. Jason Bateman did win the Emmy a few years ago for directing, and that was a shockeroo. Like yeah, he, even he was shocked. Yes, <laughs> and he was second to last in the odds, and he won because, you know, there were way too many Game of Thrones episodes in that category for one of those episodes to prevail. So he has a directing Emmy, but he's never won for acting. He has been doing this ever since he was a child. Little House on the Prairie and Silver Spoon, to then he you know, really broke out on Arrested Development. He never won for that. There are some times when a show does very, very well with the Television Academy for so long that they finally, you know, when they have one more chance to give it to someone, they just were like, you know, here you go. You're overdue. You have time. I don't like to ever give it to someone because they're overdue. It's just sometimes what happens for people, like with John Hamm for Mad Men. The thing that works against Jason Bateman, however, is that his role for the most part is understated. Compared to Laura Linney and Julia Garner, who get the more theatrical material. That's not to say Jason Bateman doesn't get any killer moments. He does. But the fact that, you know, he is the subtle center of the show with, like, the big theatrical roles happening around him, that's what works against him. But that did not hurt Olivia Coleman last year when she won for her last season on The Crown when it was a mostly subtle role with showy performances around her from, like, Gillian Anderson... Josh O'Connor, Emma Corrin, et cetera. I just think I have Jason Bateman in third. I have Lee Jung Jae winning and I have Brian Cox in second. But I really don't think Jason Bateman is dead last and out of the question. I do feel like he could surprise. And, you know, he's never won an acting award at the Emmys. Given this is the last season of Ozark, he's directed a lot of episodes on the show. He's the main character and he's produced the show. So this show is his baby. All of that works in his favor. But getting to my final prediction, I think because the enthusiasm and the buzz for Squid Game has sustained overall. People are still talking about it. People really loved it when it came out, and it really doesn't feel like that love has died off. And I feel like Lee Jung-jae winning those two awards against the Succession machine, because Succession is kind of a machine, like it's this awards juggernaut. But the fact that they were losing to this little-known actor from Korea, I think speaks a lot to how enthusiastic they are about his performance. And I feel like if Squid Game wins nothing else, I think this is the one that it has the best shot of winning. I think John Jay is going to do it in a pretty open field. I agree. Now on to the final category that should be presented on the night, Outstanding Drama Series. Okay, Succession is currently expected to repeat its win from two years ago. I do have Al front. How about you? I do too. The fact that it was the nomination leader with 25 nominations, 14 acting nominations, three directing bids, which I think shows it's going to lose that category because three is too much to overcome. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's definitely going to win writing again. One of the things that I think we've seen is that when you win this category the first time, unless it's kind of an off year, like with The Handmaid's Tale and The Crown last year, where the front runner wasn't eligible that season, we've seen people have a stranglehold on that category. And what I mean is like Mad Men. You know, once it won, it just kept winning for a while. 
Then it started losing for the second half of the series, but it was winning that category for a while. Game of Thrones, once it won a drama series for the first time for season five, then we saw it win for season six, seven, and eight. So I feel like Succession is, you know, big enough to keep winning that category at least one or two more times, depending on how long they want to, you know, keep the show running. Yes. And, you know, speaking of Game of Thrones, now that that's gone, well, except for its new spinoff show, well, Succession is now pretty much HBO's big flagship series. Yes. But we should talk about some of the others as possibilities, because when Succession won for season two, it was a lock. It really seemed like nothing could take it down. You know, we saw like how it performed the nominations and then it just dominated the creative arts and just really nothing could take it down. The creative arts haven't happened yet, but let's just explore some of the other possibilities. As I mentioned, Squid Game did phenomenally well for a freshman show, for a show with actors who are not very well known here. And it did phenomenally well with the actors branch. It could very well win directing, got a writing nom, but has some below the line support. That's a possibility. Severance for the exact same reasons. It's like one of the most talked about shows this season. I would not be surprised if Severance became the new Emmy favorite. And so those are the only three that I think can win. Looking at the others, Better Call Saul just continues to, you know, decline with Emmy nominations. So I really don't think that Better Call Saul is going to win. Euphoria, no writing and directing. That's not happening. Ozark, I feel like people were just very divided on that ending. That's why I don't think this is a category that it can win. It has no chance of winning, but I really would love to give a very special shout out to Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Season four was just phenomenal. And it was actually, I'm not ashamed to admit it, it was my favorite season to date. That final episode was really, really emotional. I really wish it had more of a fighting chance to win, but it sadly has no chance. Well, yeah, I mean, this is its only above the line nomination. Yes. and, And because it's still made in the drama series, I consider that a win in itself. I agree. But I think that Succession being the nomination leader and the fact that, you know, as I said earlier, 14 acting nominations, that's a record. Mm-hmm. I think all that, even if Succession does not win as many Emmys on the main telecast as it did in 2020, I think it's still going to take the top prize. Yeah, all valid possibilities. After the Creative Arts Awards, I will be publishing my final predictions on my website as we get closer to the Emmys. So if anything changes, you'll be sure to see them. So that just about does it for our current predictions. Thanks again for joining me today, Jack. My pleasure, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for having me. And for those listening, would you mind telling them where they can find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram, just at Jack Mahanes. Same with my Twitter handle, at Jack Mahanes as well. I have a Facebook page and I'm also a musician. So I have a Spotify page that's just under my name. That's where you can find me. Yes, and hopefully we'll be able to meet up again sometime after the main telecast takes place to give a recap of the show itself, as well as our predictions that we end up being wrong about. So for everyone listening, take care and bye-bye for now. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.